Gavin. Oh my God. Louie, is that you? <laughs> That's right, trapped, trapped inside Gavin's body. Ugh, fate worse than death. <laughs> trapped in a box, deep cut of no doubt. Hey, girly girl. Hey, Louie, how are you? Let's touch through the screen. Let's touch our rubber amulets and switch <laughs> bodies back. Grab our hourglasses. Yeah. And I hope that the serum wears off. Right. Um, I, I, you, I think, have a lot of uh, ancient artifacts in your, um, your, your, your nerd library room that I'm sure if we just touched at one time and said, I wish I was an X-Men. <laughs> ancient artifacts. That's what I call my aching bones. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Hi, everyone. This is The Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or a mini genre, and we give you a big history, and then we take our reviews and we mix them all up. The history, it's big, but it's cute. Okay, we keep it cute over here at The Mixed Reviews. We're, we're making it digestible, digestive. We're basically the Tums after you've had mm. a full meal. Yes, yes. Mix it go down easy, baby. Um, we know it's been a little bit since we last, uh, or you last heard from us, but we're back, back, back rolls again. Uh, back rolls? <laughs> I can always count on you, Gavin. I can always count <laughs> on you. Uh, I set them up and you knock them down. <laughs> we had a couple of life things happen as they do. But we are so excited and happy to be back. We are all washed up. Not washed up. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, not yet. Um, maybe just uh, one half of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> but yeah, um, Gavin, before we like get into the good good, I did want to say that um, two things. I watched Turning Red this past weekend. It's it's our what did I, my favorite movie from last year was the Turning Red trailer, and <laughs> it delivered. Um, and the only sad thing is like I wish I could have seen it in a theater. Like yeah. I, I I really do. That deep sigh you heard from me was me admitting I loved it. I loved yeah. it so much. Yeah, I know, I know, babe. <laughs> um, but then number two, uh, I took Derek to go see um, the Alamo Drafthouse is doing uh, Miyazaki brunches or something, or like there's a whole year-long thing of it um and i took him to go see princess mononoke uh, and it was really good like i remembered it was from our miyazaki episode i was just like babe what do you feel about you know animated war um and talking about you know modernity versus uh tradition <laughs> uh, it's like something light for the morning and luckily he was very down um and he enjoyed it a lot so um that all comes straight from the mixed reviews because I had never seen Princess Mononoke before. Um, and that was one of our earlier episodes, right? Oh my God. That was, oh, I did. Year one. That was yeah. year one. <laughs> I did a slight, like, not really poll, but just to check in with our audience about mm -hmm. what are their favorite episodes and, and some ideas for upcoming episodes. And we did actually have one response saying that it was the Miyazaki episode, which, like, shocked me because i mean I, I the earlier episodes i you rarely hear people call them out so it's nice to know that people still go back and people still listen to them yeah we we were finding our feet back then we were but children <laughs> podcast children but anyway um do we have any old business gavin we we do. We have the poll from last week, and we actually have a brand new review. So our last episode, um, we talked about the iconic American actor, one of the greats, uh, Sidney Poitier. 
Um, and we asked you guys to vote on what your favorite um, film of his is. And it was a tight race. I have not seen a, a race like this, like neck and neck in a while. Um, and it was overwhelming, but like the first and second was really close. So funny, funny, funny story. Lilies of the Field came in a last place at 2.9%. <laughs> his fucking Oscar movie, which, you know... There's that. And then we get uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with 20% third place. And then in second place, just like, just barely, you know, there, it was leading for a little bit. But um, in second place is In the Heat of the Night with 37%. And in first place, Our Picks, Gavin, A Raisin in the Sun with 40%. I'm I'm glad that people know. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, is this the first time that everybody's agreed with us? Maybe not. But, no, but no, it feels no. like it. It feels like the first time, baby. Mm-hmm, and that's... Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. But yeah, I mean, I mean, a raise in the sun. It's it's how do you beat that performance? It's so right. good. It's so lived in. It's so passionate. And I, I don't know. It's a beautiful, it's not, beautiful movie. I would say it's not like the sexy pick of this bunch is in the heat of the night. And yes. I, I don't mean that in a bad way at all because it is so good. But it is more stylish, I would say. Um, a raise in the sun really is like these character studies, like, you know, we're not going a million places. There's not a lot going on. It's just these people um, interacting with each other. And it's just like, ugh, so good. I loved our Sydney um, episode. And Me too. Loved watching, you know, all these classiques I had never seen in the heat of the night. Like, wow. Um, very good. Okay, moving on from Mr. Sydney Poitier. And before we get into this week's subject, which is a fun one, we do have a review, and we do always say if you go to Apple Podcasts and you leave us a five-star rating and a review, we'll read it on the show. And this one comes courtesy of Ms. Morgan R., who you may remember. She's been on the show before. And it says, deep dives at their best. As someone who grew up doing deep dives into an actor or a filmmaker's filmography, the Mixed Reviews podcast normalizes my favorite way of enjoying <laughs> cinema. Gavin and Louie take great care as they explore the work of each of their podcast subjects. Do I think the Lynn Shelton episode is the best? Yes. Am I perhaps a little biased? Maybe. Regardless, this podcast is the true definition of a must listen. Normalize being a fucking freak. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Someday we're all just going to have giant brains, and it's because you listen to this podcast. There you go. Thank you, Morgan. Oh, thank you, Morgan. It's so nice of you to do that, and we really appreciate it. It's time to get into that new, new. And I'm very excited about this very dumb subject that we are talking about today. You said it. <laughs> it it's very, very dumb. Uh, but I think this is good, like, fan favorite written all over it. Um, there are so many movies uh, in this mini genre that I think people know, people love. And then there's also ones that are just, like, super kooky, booky, out of the box. Um, so, Gavin, tell the children, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the mystical, the magical, the sometimes mundane body swap movies. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, okay, we had a long conversation about, like, what is a body swap movie? <laughs> we did. We actually, those words left our mouths. Yeah, and, and what is not a body swap movie, more yeah. importantly. Sorry, so, Big. Sorry, Big. Yeah, so before we get into it, we just got to, like, lay down the rules. We are... We said a body swap movie f- for the purpose of this episode and for what we were going to watch is a movie where two alive human beings 
swap their souls, spirits, whatever with each other. So no de-aging movies. So no big, no little. No movies where someone has died and comes back into someone else's body. So no... uh, All of me. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... to Earth or whatever. Yeah, uh, Heaven Can Wait. Sorry. Those are called possessions. We have a whole other category for them. Yeah. So there, there are... Those are like... Oh, and also no animals, like no multiple personality. Like it's just there is one person, there is another person. And through antics, more often than not, racist shit, um, (laughs) uh, your souls and spirits swap. um, And then you, I don't know, learn about yourself, learn about each other. Yeah. And then you walk a mile in their shoes, you know, that's just like Iggy Azalea. Is that right? I, I think that's I don't that's a reference I don't understand. Th- th- your face just then was like <laughs> alert, not for me. I don't know. <laughs> I think she says walk a mile my Louboutins. So oh, yeah. think about that, Gavin. S- sorry. Uh, I'm a Nikki fan. You oh, know, pull, okay. pull up in the Sri Lanka. Okay, this is getting very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. We are all just like like, you don't get the Iggy Azalea reference. I don't get TikTok references. We're all just, like, drowning in... Um, Culture. Content. Our, thir- our 30s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes. Okay, so, with that being said, and now everyone knowing that, like, what movies do not qualify, I feel like as a kid, I remember being like, these movies were everywhere. Or it felt like they were everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there were certainly a lot of, like, made-for-TV movie situations where it's like, you know... Freaky Friday, the knockoff situation. What's the first body swap movie you remember? Oh, God. The first body swap movie I remember. I think it has to... You know, I never saw the original Freaky Friday until this very episode. So it certainly wasn't the original Freaky Friday. I think it either had to be uh, the 1988 version of Vice Versa or Mm -hmm. like Father Like Son which is... I think came out in the same year. Yes, yeah. Which, neither of them... Oh, 1987. So Like Father, Like Son was technically a year before. Which, neither of them great. <laughs> neither... I revisited them for this. They're fun. But they're fun. Um, but I think I think it was... And it, so it's interesting that the, the my first impressions of body swap films were very masculine mm-hmm. and, and more about that. Whereas you know freaky friday comes from the feminine angle it's two yes. ladies yes um and I, I i think you'd be we'd be hard to i think it would be hard to argue that freaky friday is not the most popular body swap movie there's obviously been a lot of them but like the lindsay lohan jb yeah. curtis version is kind of you know the stare i mean at least within our millennial and or millennial adjacent lives uh even though there are so, so, so many. Um, yeah, I can't remember what my first one was. I, I, I'm I pretty sure I'd seen the original um, Freaky Friday before, um, just because it's so, like, oh, no! And graphics, they love the graphics. Um, but yeah, I I like this genre a lot. It's it's very stupid, but it's it's just very easy to get to, like, the point here. It's like, the point is, what if I was not myself and what would happen if I, you know, 
it's like the whole grass is greener situation. You know, it's a very easy way to tell that story and being like, oh, fuck, maybe I should empathize with this person a little bit more. Or, oh, someone's struggles aren't just easier because they're not mine. Or, you know, does that make sense? It's it's this idea that, like, we learn from being together and, like, understanding each other and how what better way to understand than, like, actually live a day in someone else's shoes. Um, the cobbler. i I do think and and this is maybe something interesting to talk about in history but i it's hard to create tension in these movies without the fear of the swap being permanent yeah and i hate that but (laughs) we'll get into it but that's because i think that adds a layer of like oh no like i i am learning i am learning to be like you and but I guess also that way it creates that need for the person to start to become more like the other person or or either improve their lives in ways that they weren't aware of or improve their own lives by following the path of the person that they've swapped with, if that makes sense. But I, I think that added level of like, oh, no, I'm going to have to live my life as someone else for the rest of my life is such an odd thing. And I I admit there's some films that I watched that did it beautifully. And then there's some films that I watched that I was just like, uh, just, I don't care about you. (laughs) Stop talking about the hot chick that way, Gavin. God. (laughs) Ling Ling, you forgot your bling bling. (laughs) (laughs) Never ending. But okay, let's get into the rewind. So uh, body swaps are interesting, and I think here's where I'm coming up this from. Like, the idea of body swaps and how we even get there, how popular culture gets here, um, really goes all the way back to 1689. John Locke, who was a philosopher, writer, wrote uh, an essay concerning human understanding. And, And what he wrote, essentially, like, the TLDR version of it is that our bodies are just vessels. You know, we are just vessels and it's through our experiences uh, is how we learn things and so it's through that idea and understanding that you know we're not born any type of way it's not innately in us these are all learned and so it's through that and the popularization of this essay through time the idea is you know you could the swap out your experiences into another vessel we are all but vessels Um, so that's like the very very early stuff the first and and gavin let me know if you found something different but the first proper body swap story um was 1882's vice versa the only thing that i can find that remotely counts mary shelley did write a story called transformation in which a young man um and a dwarf switch brains Hmm. and see that's interesting like Literal brains or no, no, so well, okay. I, but uh, supernatural, it's so I don't know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, through a supernatural ritual. Um, yeah, so vice versa was uh written by Thomas Antti Guthrie, um, and he was like in his 20s when he wrote vice versa, a lesson to father, um, <laughs> you know, and this is 1882, Thomas is like a 20 something. And he's like a humorist. He writes, you know, funny um, stories for this magazine called Punch Magazine. And basically, vice versa is this like stuffy old businessman um, 
switches places with his son, who is like this little Catholic schoolboy who doesn't want to go to school, Daddy. <laughs> you don't understand how mean the boys are. It's literally very that. That's kind of the, like, the urtext, if you will. They make the first version of the film in 1948, directed by Peter Ustinov, who's an actor I really like. And and I don't think he really got to direct too many films, but he was like a, a British theater hall actor at first. Before 1946, in that movie, we do get 1931's Turnabout. Right off the bat, what we're getting with body swap movies is, for these to work, people don't really can't have a lot of nuance i would say yeah. like it needs to be the bratty child and the but the bratty can't child can't be anything but a brat and the dad can only be like the stubborn hardline dad like the the opposites need to be that extreme for it to work um and on top of that there needs to be uh you know the vehicle for the exchange um right off the bat in both of these movies the vehicle is uh, racist super racism. racist <laughs> uh, artifacts of the ancient world the mythic world I don't yeah. fucking, like, in vice versa it's literally like the eye of the hyena god in India um, yeah. in turnabout it's an Indian statue that it's supposed to be a statue it's literally a guy in drag wearing like yeah. it's like it's like statue guy in Times Square <laughs> yeah statue guy in Times Square in blackface drag yeah and also it's like only half of his body like i was like they made this man sit in that room i don't understand so in turnabout is about a husband and wife who um this movie you get through half this movie and they still have not switched i was like alexa hello like when is this gonna happen (laughs) the funny thing about turnabout is they decide to keep the voices of the actual people yeah and so they dub over like the the female actress dubbed the lines over that the man was saying and so it's very bizarre and they have to try and explain away like oh she has a cold and for whatever reason like your souls swapped but like your voices didn't um oh no the soul swapped and the voices and did the voices too. did yeah the voices traveled with which the, doesn't the make souls any sense. and the vocal cords Yes, correct. It's like, ah, yes, that man, his vocal cords are gone now. Um, (laughs) They're in that woman. Uh, That movie is very, like, tut, 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 girly. Don't you know anything? And, uh, And she has to, like, learn how good her husband is and, like, how much he actually works and how her life is so frivolous. Yeah, and how she gets to stay home with the garden club. <laughs> I know, and, and like, and, and literally the stakes of that movie are like, oh no, she offended the garden club, <laughs> and I cannot believe you talked to me this way. I wouldn't recommend it. I have to get up and go to work, and you loll around in bed, and you call yourself a man. Oh no, I don't. Not anymore. I... I agree with you. I I rarely say this because I always think like embedded in all media with the appropriate context, there is perhaps a reason mm-hmm. to consume it. And I think I try to approach everything with this show with that thought process that like every bit like helps me learn as long as I can contextualize it in a way that's helpful and not reductive and... I don't think there's any reason for anyone to see Turnabout at it's, all. It's truly like the, the the building blocks of this genre. 
and they really were just like flying by the seat of their pants like had they were it was happening as they were doing it i mean clearly this movie informed the the genre saying hey we cannot have the voices swap that makes no fucking sense and i'm sure i mean even looking at it like the dubbing is bad like they didn't have the technology to do it. And also, like, those fucking poor actors having to learn, like, a billion lines and, like, blah, 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 blah. No, it just didn't fucking work. Um, but a lot of the building blocks stayed, you know? Like, there's the... A lot of these movies, a lot of these movies look to, like... Orientalism? Orientalism, yes. Very that. Like, it's always some fucking crazy, you know, like, jewel that was found somewhere. Yeah. Some it- god... It's. I think it's easy to forget <laughs> how racist our society is and can mm-hmm. be, and so that doesn't change ever. Almost. I mean, I, there are still films that are made in the two thousands that have body swap components that you know have something to do with some sort of Orientalism or yes, you know, e- even the ones that think they're trying to be progressive and do something interesting. I mean, I watched this and I, I don't know if it'll get brought up again, so I'm, I might as well bring it up. I, I watched this 1999 Disney TV movie called a saintly switch directed by Peter Bogdanovich. I saw the thing just now and I was like, okay, how did I fucking miss this? It involves a voodoo curse brought about by two children. It is a black family, but the like, voodoo expert that they bring in to help them out is fucking Rue McClanahan from the Golden Girls. Right. She was was free. Yeah, it's like, so you need a white woman to teach the black people about voodoo? Something that Mm. comes from black culture? Like, ah, so it's it's there. It's like that sort of racism, that, that, that thing that keeps popping up in all of these films or, or a vast majority of them it's unfortunate because it is a subtext it's I mean, fear I get, of the yeah, unknown exactly and i was just gonna say i get it i know white people are scared of the unknown and the thing that represents the unknown is people that don't look like them mm-hmm. but it's it was one of two factors that made this episode incredibly hard for me i will be honest i mean i i think there are some uh movies that handle it better than others yes um and then there are also some that just like fucking go all the way in i mean like we're we're talking very early now and but i mean i remember when we watched freaky friday for jamie lee curtis i was like holy shit it is not only like asian women and fortune cookies it's literally them dressed up like at their fucking chinese restaurant and 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 just like a gong every time they switch and like yeah it's it's, god it's like it, this is not okay. It's so aggressive because I think there, and we'll get to it, but there are some movies where it's just like, it just happens, and no one gives a fuck. No one gives yeah. a fuck that like how it happens. Like it's fantasy. Just tell us that they wished and they swapped, and it it's fine. And like just to bring us back to where we were, 1948's Vice Versa, as you mentioned, one of the earliest ones based off that novel. I I outside of the racism at the beginning there were things i really enjoyed in this movie i think it's a little long it mm-hmm. could have been shorter but the the transformation itself while not funny yeah exactly not particularly impressive when you think about what we can do with movies now but they physically 
form into each other's bodies and the way they do it in this is body parts just start disappearing on them yeah so the father's like wandering around without a head before turning into a child and they they were really clever with their editing back i mean back in the fucking 40s they must have just been like chopping and screwing you know (laughs) and, and but also like matting it's a lot of matting physical you know um uh prop work and and just trick of the eye. It's very silly. I wish... No, no, no! I wish I was a man just like you were just now. <gasps> we're gonna zip ahead a little bit just because really, like, this pops all the way off thanks to Mary Rogers when she wrote Freaky Friday. Um, yes. And for a modern audience, it really this is, you know, the beginning of what we would call, like, you know, the modern age of of body swap in media. Um, Mary Rogers, by the fucking way, you know who her dad was? No. Richard Rogers of Rogers and Hammerstein. Oh, well, that's so much better than Roy Rogers of the restaurant. (laughs) Correct. That's a a hard no. Her family is so, so talented. Um, She, like, was casually hanging out with Stephen Sondheim. I think their son won a Tony for writing something. She's She wrote, like... I'm just happy that my life um, wasn't upshone by my dad. Like, I could stand on my own with my, my own talent. Um, I, w- I wonder, and, like, obviously I don't know if she's still with us or not. I wonder she's how she, not. Okay. I was going to say, I wonder how she feels about the Freaky Friday musical. But we'll get there. But we'll get there. Uh, yeah, so she writes Freaky Friday in 1972. Um, and it's, the book, it, it, it's, it's, like a, it's a huge success. You know, it's, it's, the classic story, a, a kind of bratty teen, um, you know, swaps with the uptight mom. Um, and it spawns at least two sequels in, in the books. There's The Summer Switch. In 2009, she also wrote, along with someone else, Freaky Monday. Um, and it's where uh, a, girl, a student swaps with a teacher. Sounds very popular. Sounds like a lot of people know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean so in 1976 is when they make the movie um it's directed by gary nelson and iconically uh jodie foster plays the young teen girl um who is the mom in freaky Friday? barbara harris and i, barbara I have harris. to say barbara harris is a gorgeous in this movie mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so beautiful that i was just like this is the mom i was i was a little shocked watching it. i was like i was like oh wow i was like that is a one hot mom um, what we haven't gotten to yet, or you know what, we should rewind a little bit because literally in Turnabout in 1940, I can't remember, maybe you will. Do you remember if they do the like boobies gag or not? Uh, I, I don't remember specifically that because there is so much of that. And, and so I, maybe I, I'm confusing it with other things, but I do there is a gag, and once again, I'll spoil it for you because <laughs> I don't think you should watch Turnabout. Um, there's a gag about the wife being pregnant, and right. then when they switch back bodies, the the racist statue has accidentally left the man pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And that's mm. the that's the like big ha ha at the end of the movie. So gotcha, there is, gal. <laughs> so there is like a little bit about you know like genitalia and like and, right. Yeah. Well, they they literally sleep in separate beds. It's the forties, um, but it, yeah. How did they get pregnant, anyways? <laughs> yeah. In in Freaky Friday, it's again kind of like laying down the very easy formula. Uh, you know, 
the kid can't do the dishes. Does it like, oh no, it overflows the fucking washer and dryer. And, and the mom <laughs> doesn't know how to like, like uh, the, the most bizarre thing for me is like when the parents have to go to school and they don't know how to like act around teachers right. when they're like, I declare, uh, is this the way you're going to teach your class? It's like, what the, f- are you a human being or, but again, like for these to work, they need or not they need, but I think a lot of filmmakers, a lot of these movies think that they need to really exaggerate, you know, the differences between people as opposed to like, and maybe that because the the easy path for this type of genre, or this, this, this movie genre is like show the extreme differences and then show the similarities and then we're back, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there are movies that defy that track a little bit and are really successful and also show that i don't know humans are fucking smart um but you know i i get what they're trying to do um okay so freaky friday really like hits off you know this kind of phenomenon people love it um it's it i will say one thing about it that shocked me is it's incredibly low stakes in comparison to a lot of these part of which is because the mom doesn't appear to have a job, which is like a a shitty thing for them to do because then she can just sort of, you know, she's like hanging out with her teens boyfriend or like her, her daughter's crush crush. Um, which like at least makes a little sense because it is the daughter in the, in the mother's body when she's playing baseball with kids and everything. But also, like, it doesn't even feel like there's, like, really any urgency for them to switch back. And I know I was just saying, like, how much I hate the the fear of being stuck that way forever. But it's such a chill, like, yeah. whatever, that I was just it's, like, okay, th- what's happening here? It's like the mom is on, like, the skis or whatever, on the water skis. And, and she's like, yeah, I guess I have to hold on. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, what? also the internal logic of the movie is very strange because... When they first switch bodies, it's only their minds. But the se- right. when they switch back, they literally switch positions. Correct. Which, which is an odd. Yeah, which feels like something that they were like, shh, shh, shh it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I wish I could switch places with her for, for just, just one day. Also worth noting that this movie literally they just wish they just wish that they were each other at the same time in the morning and in snap it happens some movies it takes like they have to go to bed and they wake up or they, whatever this is literally they're in the kitchen they wish it it happens um which is something to note it's funny because people refer to freaky friday as being the thing that kicks off the body swap movies but really it's not until the late 80s that, like, in the U.S., it, it really starts to kick off and is really, like, into, you know, sort of the 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 zeitgeist, you know? Right. But I, I do want to give one shout-out to a movie that I found that I, I really liked, um, which is the, and I'm going to butcher this, and I'm so sorry, uh, but the Nobuhiku Obayashi film, I Are You, You Am Me, in which two Japanese students uh, fall down a staircase at a shrine and and switch bodies. It's a teen boy and a teen girl. And that movie does have a a slight amount of the uncomfortable, like, 
I have boobs now. I'm a teenage boy with, but I thought most of it was like really touching and really like existential and, and really beautifully handled. Uh, most people know Obayashi because he made this movie called Hausu or House, which we talked a little bit about in our Ghosts on Film episode because it is a Japanese film about a haunted house and it's very, it's like live action Scooby-Doo with like <laughs> fingers dancing in the air and things popping out of, um, this movie's nothing like that. This movie's very uh, serious, but also has like a, a joyful spirit to it. And he actually ends up getting to remake this movie again in the 2000s. But I will talk about that when we get there. So, yes, you're right. I want to say in America, the late 80s is, is when we really start getting, a, you know, this vast amount of body swap films. Right. And I think what's significant here is kind of what you said earlier. You know, a lo- I would say all of them are male centric. They're masculine centric. Yeah. It's uh, father w- with son. Um, father with grand or son with grandfather um, or and and there's also like an aggressive romantic yes um, element to it it's not just like oh you know I have a crush or whatever Um, but okay so like father like son which was directed by Rod Daniel um, it stars uh, god who the fuck it's Kirk Cameron (laughs) yikes Yeah, boo, tomato, tomato. Um, and, and Dudley du- Moore. And Dudley Moore. Dudley Which Moore. Which is really unfortunate because Dudley Moore is very funny and there's no jokes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I. it's weird. I was watching this movie and I was like, is Dudley Moore hot? <laughs> I can is see it. it. I can is see it. it. Just the, is it just the hair? I don't know. Again, this movie has to posit that like... Being a teen is fucking radical and crazy. (laughs) Um, And I don't know that this fucking doctor, this father who's a doctor, like, can change the world through being the CEO of this hospital or something. I don't... I don't know that this doctor was ever a teenager. Because the way that he (laughs) acts as Kirk Cameron is just, like, deranged. And that's also one of my big issues with a lot of these body swap movies, is the approach to... If it is an adult swapping with a teen, the approach to being a, a teen is so bonkers. Yeah. like it, It's almost like being a teenager. And I get it. Like, emotions run high. There's a lot of mood swings. But a lot of these filmmakers seem to believe that being a teenager is a mental illness. Right. Or just being a teenager is, like, blasting music and, like, being That's, so, so it, inconsiderate of, like people it's Dudley Moore the first time he's like home alone he just like blasts music and I was like that's it that's the one thing you could think of like yeah it's like so extreme like get this guy a nerf gun it's like okay (laughs) um and meanwhile like uh Kirk Cameron right that's his fucking name yes as um the father like he's like let's spend some plastic and like drink and talk to girls. What the hell have you done to me? Dad, you down a you're drunk. You're drunk. No, I'm dead. You're damn right you're dead. Jesus, Chris. Look at you. You've been out all night doing God knows what in my body. Right. Using my cash, probably boozing it up. And where in the hell did you get the money to pay for an outfit like that? I only had $20 in my wallet. Well, Dad. My credit card. My, you used my credit card. Get in the house. You are grounded. For the rest of your life. Yeah, all right. Lean on him. Oh, 
up yours. Maybe it's because we're not straight human beings, Gavin, but like <laughs> also the this thing where it's like filmmakers think that young men don't know how to like literally just be a normal human being around women. Yeah. Um it's just I, like I li- mean I've I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> that's that's correct. It's 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 very bizarre. And I was yes. like But and and not to mention the entire crazy kooky world of like all of these movies we're gonna get to it where it's like are they gonna kiss in that body is that weird <laughs> i don't know did they more than kiss what's going on yeah because um, also like where does consent come in then too because you're not who you say you are yes and, and this is not your body I, I i will say in terms of the device for what swaps their body in this it's a indigenous created um, serum that eventually just wears off on its own but it's used by these indigenous people essentially to stop the pain of another which i didn't fully understand because if you're swapping bodies with somebody then well that other person is experiencing the pain. the pain. Right, right. Uh, At the beginning, it's like they're putting, they're like, no, white person, don't feel this pain. I will. I will feel this pain, which is a racism of its own. Yes. <laughs> but also, it's a racism of its own because Native Americans don't fucking make potions to swap bodies. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, huh. I was like, I guess you tried, but not really. Yeah. Um. Who is the other little fuck in this movie? Uh, Sean Astin. That's yeah, the best Sean friend. Astin. Who the best? In, in my opinion, the best part of the movie. He he's the one who's just uh, his his uncle found the potion. Yes. Um. There, there is one fun gag where like the dog and the cat swap bodies because he gives them the potion. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> after like father like son in 1988, we get 18 again. I swear to God, in like the late 80s, there was. Like, it must have been a deluge of scripts. And they're like, we got to get ours made now. Um, 18 again, uh, which I think is actually pretty fun. Um, it's one of those classically 80s movies where like all the boys in school wear crop tops for no reason. Um, yeah. For fashion. Okay. <laughs> uh, directed by Paul Andrew Flaherty. I don't know how to say that name. Flaherty. Whatever. That sounds right. 18 again, exclamation point. This is... Uh, a grandson and grandfather and they swap bodies via car accident they're in a car together um grandpa is like a billion years old and is dating like a young woman he's got a bunch of money he was the stud in high school he you know ran track and was a star uh grandson is not the stud kind of a loser um doing his best to make it through um his father uh is also trying to, you know, prove to his father that he can, like, run the business and he can do the thing. Um, yeah, if you think that... If if you just accept that this movie is um, not reality, it's really fun. Yeah. I think it's really fun. It's, like, it's very heightened what a college looks like. Or not college, but um, high school looks like. The parties they throw... It's it's giving you a little bit of never been kissed when he like is like I know what the theme for the party's gonna be, um, and the party's like so fun. It's red and wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's red and wild. There's a theme. This movie has like the the stake is very or the stakes are like 
oh no, he changed his will. And if he dies, um, oh, because that's the gag. The young, the grandson um, is parading around and it's grandpa inside the body. He's like, I love my new body. Meanwhile, the actual grandson is in the hospital not doing anything because his grandpa body was literally in a car accident. Um, his grandpa so body. His grandpa <laughs> body, his old man body. Um, so I think, I, I, unless you saw something else, like this is the first time we see like it's really focused on one person yeah. doing the swap. Um, the attention is really on the kid, uh, which... You know, I think is helpful again, like it's a way out of like, oh, like I don't want to fucking see like the kid really had nothing to do as the grandpa to like learn anything, I guess, you know. Um but I liked 18 again. Um thought it was good fun. Uh in also in 88 we get the remake of Vice Versa, which also is kind of like, well, radical. Um uh, <laughs> The 80s are crazy. Isn't the dad like work at a mall or is like, yeah. the mall? Well, he he's like an executive at the right. like, but it, they they work they like run the big box store, but also it's like attached to the right. I guess it's I guess it's more like a like a Macy's almost. It's like a corporate yeah. Macy's, you know? Right, right. I don't know how malls worked in the 80s. They were very popular. <laughs> um, um, this version stars Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold blamed this film for uh, really the downfall of his career because <laughs> he really. He, oh yeah. Um, the the other side of that is he was also apparently very difficult to work with in general, and so he had a reputation. Uh, I mean, I think he's actually really good in this. Like, I do too. I was I was shocked at how good both of them are. Yeah, this Fred is, Savage is great. Yeah. And and it doesn't feel. I think because Fred Savage is like close, like not a teen, like yeah, closer to a, like eleven or so. Yeah, yeah, he's a boy. That, yeah, that the Judge Reinhold's like antics feel more realistic. Right. I mean, if if a, a little boy would want to go into a music shop and play the drums and like yeah. just have fun, like a, a lot of what this little boy wants is kind of like a normal life and you know to have fun and play music it's not like i want to turn up the radio really loud and be an asshole it's just like oh yeah at this place you can play drums and like the guy's really cool like right and a a lot of it is being like hey dad like this isn't embarrassing everyone's actually having a good time and it's okay meanwhile dad is like stick up his ass and like how could you embarrass me a little Um, yeah it's it's interesting because it's less as though fred savage has to learn a lesson he just gets to kind of hang out and make his father seem less uptight right his father judge reinhold's character in fred savage's body has to learn to be so much less of a dick right but also i mean the age difference is really key here because like an 11 year old shouldn't have to be learning any lessons really about, you know, being a good person or whatever. Like it's an 11 year old boy. Um, Judge Reinhold's character, like he should, you know, know how to treat his son. He should know right. to like fucking show some kindness and, and be more and, and make good decisions like on the business side, make good decisions with his family and make good decisions about his relationship. He's in a relationship with a woman who clearly loves him and he doesn't know how to express it. And this like 
the purity of Fred Savage oh, no. is like it, it, it's like oozing out where he's like, I love you. Like, yeah, yeah. And doesn't the kid, he asks her to marry him. Like, he's yeah. the one who does it. Yeah. And, and like, once they sw- switch back, like, he's like, oh my God, thank you for doing that for me. Because like, I, I do love her. Uh, so, yeah. yeah I, 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 I liked, yeah, I also liked vice versa. I, I will say, um, Susie Kurtz as the villain. Suze, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. So but, they swap because of like, Thieves have stolen an ancient artifact in, like, Thailand, um, and by some antics, it gets to him um, because he's ordering, I don't know, fabric or some shit from Thailand. Um, Um, It was jars. He was ordering jars. Right. Right. (laughs) Of course, they need jars. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's silly Billy, like, and, and there's, like, a other swap at the end with like Susie Kurtz and her like henchmen. And they're like, you think it's easy being a henchman? And I I love that. um, The implication there is they will probably never swap back because judge Reinhold and and Fred Savage steal the skull back from them and then they get arrested. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So they're just trapped forever. (laughs) You drink a lot, huh? Dad. Only under stress. I think the last three days come under that category. The last of this little canon um, is 1989's Dream a Little Dream. Yes, which is a very odd one in terms of... I mean, I get at this point, you know, you've now had four years of this sort of very specific, like very following the rules sort of genre. So they try to spice it up. They try to switch it up. It's a it's a Corey's movie, both Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, Jason Robards, Piper Laurie, and Meredith Salinger all kind of switch places. But the thing is, is Piper Laurie in Meredith Salinger doesn't know she's in Meredith Salinger. And this... Corey Feldman is has Jason Robards in him, but his mind instead is trapped in a dream world. This movie tries to elevate... Or, like, it wants to be more thoughtful. It's trying to, like, say something about love. And, like... Yeah, I don't even... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. This movie's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, it's... And it's trying to have its cake and eat it, too. Because it's trying to have the fun of Vice Versa and 18 again. And, like, the excess of the 80s. But it's also trying to, like, have meditation. And, you know come on, man, you got one life to live. And like, <laughs> but also like Corey Feldman is being a full asshole in this guy's yes. head being like, you don't know how to change it back. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm yeah, up here. She's leaving, man. What are you going to do? If she leaves. It's such an odd premise that Corey Feldman knows how to switch yeah. back and is refusing to give that information. Well, yeah, and I, 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 I don't really understand that. Well, also, like, so the older people have disappeared. They are in a dream world. Like, we don't see them. We only see Corey Feldman as, or we see the old man as Corey Feldman. Um, And it's very weird because I don't think Corey Feldman really got the assignment. He is fully just acting as himself. And even in the situations where he, like, uh oh, fucks up and says something that the old man would know or whatever. It's just Corey Feldman. There is, yeah. he it's has also, one. 
It's also Corey Feldman at the height of his like Michael Jackson obsession. Jesus so, Christ! They, so said, it's a lo- they said, "Give him a musical number. Give him a musical number." Yeah, it's a lot of hip thrusting, moonwalking. One, they glove. give him a glo- they give him a glove. It's uh, nonsense. I mean, they they tried something, I guess. Um, <laughs> and 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 truly, this swap is they're like the old man wants to meditate, and while he's meditating with his wife. Corey Feldman and this young girl, they all like kind of run Collide. into each other. Yeah. Yeah. He's on he's on a bike. The the young girl right, is running. Right, right. A collision occurs and he wakes up as Jason Robards in his body. And right. and like, listen, there's some fun situations there, but I think also one of the things that we haven't really talked about, but we've 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 talked about, but we haven't really gone in depth on is one of the joys of watching a body swap movie is watching an actor portray something that they're not. Yeah. And to to either great results like we were just talking about with vice versa and judge reinhold pulling off you know fred savage as an adult versus this where it like yeah as you said Corey feldman doesn't know how to do jason robards so he just does himself right i mean i think probably you know he was at the height of his popularity like he's like i can do whatever and people are gonna love it and eat it up and doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, he thinks he's in a regular like rom com where he just has to be charming or whatever, and it's bleh. um okay. In 1992, we get Prelude to a Kiss, which I finally watched. Even though if we brought it up in two other episodes, Kathy Bates and um, Stanley Tucci, Stanley Tucci, who is so hot in this movie, he's oh so my hot god. in this movie. Oh my god! Oh my. In that opening scene where his like shirts all open and he's like a little bit drunk, I was like, wow, 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 this is doing <laughs> something for me. <laughs> Um, I didn't know Prelude to a Kiss is is a, a play. Um, yes. And it was a very successful, popular play, um, also starring Alec Baldwin and, uh, I believe, Mary Louise Parker. Um, it, what, how do we feel about uh, Prelude to a Kiss? I mean, it's bonkers. I don't know if it's bonkers in a good way, if it's bonkers in a bad way. I, I guess we should talk about the premise, which is that Alec Baldwin and Meg Ryan are getting married, and she's kind of unsure about it. The the differences here are that, like, Alec Baldwin's character is supposed to be conservative, very, like, kind of square. Meg Ryan's character is, like, this insomniac socialist, um, you know, free spirit who doesn't want kids because the world is bad and, you know, has all this anxiety and, and, and... they decide to get married really quickly um, because, like, they this fall like it's kind of very sexy, very yes. erot- erotic. He like mentions, like, um, she's like, "What's what's one of your fantasies?" And he tells her, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll do that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, calm down. Um, um, but but on their wedding day, an old man just wanders into their wedding and requests a kiss from the bride. Yes, and when he does so they swap bodies and she becomes a confused old man who is dying Mm -hmm. and he becomes her. And it's such a strange thing because in most of these movies, it's like both characters are out of their league and they don't really know what they're doing, but he knows what he's doing. Like this is, this is a borderline malicious act. If he wasn't like, kind of just a kindly old befuddled man right like th- this almost feels evil right yeah i mean if 
the movie does go out of its way to say like when they're they're like he's like I don't know how I did it I'm dying I I just saw you your beautiful couple and wanted you know I I wished that I would have done life better I would have flossed I would have taken care of myself blah 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 the play was written and and you know most people at the time I mean this came out in 1992 um, as a metaphor for the AIDS crisis and just at the time about, you know, the whole idea of like in sickness and in health, you know, the, the stakes here aren't like, Oh no, you know, this is so fucking crazy. It's, I love this person. I love them so much. And like, you can like really see the heartbreak in like, um, Alec Baldwin's eyes in this movie. Like when he's, it's not even like, I'm scared. It's like, where is she? Where is my right. wife? Like, I, I just want her back. Um, I love her so much. And when they, and when she, when he finds her as the old man, it's a little bit confused, but it's also very like, I thought I lost you. And, and we have to switch you back because this old man is dying. And if you only have one year left, like, what am I going to do? Um, and watching it now outside of the AIDS pan, um, epidemic, I think it's still very much about like, you know, if talking about like health issues and the problems that we face as, as, you know, as people obviously with our, with, with different health things, it's, and would you still be with someone if they only had a year left to live um, and that type of stuff. So I think there's like definitely some um, really good investigations here. I like that. It's literally just the, you know, there's a monologue in the movie that like kind of makes sense, kind of doesn't about like how it happened, why it happened. Um, because like they, they kiss and nothing happens. They're like, Oh fuck. It's not about the kiss. And they realize right. it's about it's about wanting. It's about you know um, the dream and 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 listen. I'm I'm full well versed in the fact that this is a bonkers movie, and there's yeah. an entire episode of how did this get made about this film. But I do think this movie is maybe a little unfairly maligned because I do think there's stuff worth talking about, especially all the things that you just said that I think make it very interesting. And I think the performances are also particularly pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, does it work all the time? No. No. But but I I think it also probably suffers from, like, uh, being transferred from the stage to a movie. You know, like, I I think there are a lot of things here that do work, um, especially their relationship. You can tell that they, like, knew these characters um, really well. And also, I just like that it really zips over any of the like, oh my God, my body this is crazy. Yeah. You know, like, and he's like fine being a younger woman. He's like, cool. I he, guess that's what I do now. Like, yeah, he's like really, and, and he does like at the end, he's like, I went everywhere to try and figure out what your favorite drinks are. He wanted to become this woman. He was like, I'm willing to, you know, say fuck off to my old life and be the woman you want me to be. Um, which is, like, very interesting and weird. You read her journal, didn't you? You figured out how to fix your hair from the pictures and the albums. What she drinks. Where is she? Please. You can go back wherever you came from and I won't tell a soul. You don't even have to tell me who you are. Just tell me where Rita is. And we'll pretend this never took place. 
in 95, we get the first uh, Freaky Friday remake for ABC Sunday, whatever. I forget what it was called. I remember watching every Sunday on ABC. They had the Family Night movies. Yes. Um, Shelley Long is in this movie. Is that Shelley Long? It's Shelley yeah, Long, right? it's, it's yeah, Shelley it's... Long and Gabby Hoffman. Uh, I watched this. I've now seen Gabby all... Gabby Hoffman, if you can believe. Yes. Oh I've now seen all four of the Freaky Friday movies. Um, this one I liked, I'll be honest. I, I think it's maybe a little underrated. Um, in ter- I mean, it's very TV movie, and the score is very like... Womp, 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 womp. Yeah, but I think actually Shelley Long doing Gabby Hoffman is good and not deranged it doesn't feel like she's suffering from a mental illness she she feels like just a wild kind of teenager and i think gabby hoffman is actually very good doing doing like shelly long's inside of me uh but i do my favorite thing and you know it basically follows the same plot except for um the mother has a job she she works for a clothing company and the daughter is on the diving team and Shelley Long is scared of heights. And so like that, those are the big like, but, but at right. least stakes, at least there's right. actually stakes in I this movie. I remember version. this movie. I, I didn't rewatch it, but as soon as you said diving team, I was like, oh, I remember it crystal <laughs> clear now. Um, but because- I, I want to I give a shout out because I think the cast is also very good. Uh, you have Jackie Hoffman, a very young Andrew Keegan, you have Eileen Brennan of Clue fame, and she's been in many other yes. movies, but I always think of Clue. Um, Sandra Bernhardt as a fashion designer. Yes. And Carol Kane in two different roles. <laughs> this was at the time, I mean, it, it was 1995, right? Like, yes. ABC Sunday nights, they, they were pulling the names, okay? This is what everyone was watching. In 96, you get a Wish Upon a Star. We get a young Katherine Heigl. Um, doing her thing. Um, I love this movie. Okay. I, I had never seen it before. And I love The funny thing is, is like, I love Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris is a scream queen extraordinaire. Halloween four, Halloween five, Rob zombies, Halloween, which was like 20 years later. And she's still playing a teen <laughs> and <laughs> Rob zombies, Halloween too. Like I love Daniel Harris and Daniel Harris says to the, to this day, this is one of her favorite movies of hers because nobody cast her in comedies. And, and so she's she funny. Said, she's so funny. She said she will stop and watch this whenever it's on. Absolutely. Um, the music by Moonpools and Caterpillars, very iconic. I had not heard that song in years. <laughs> it, please press pause. Go check on your little Spotify or Apple Music, or whatever. Moonpools and Caterpillars. They are a Filipino rock band uh, or F- Filipino American rock band. Um, they have like two really aggressively good songs. Um. Yeah. This and, and again, like this movie, it it's popular girl and nerdy girl, yes. and it's literally just wishing upon a star, um, for the transformation, and that's literally all we need. Yeah, and and their sisters, one's a tall blonde, one's a short brunette, and like one's good at school, and one like you said, one's popular. But I like that the in this you know as as like extreme as it was for them to like start trying to ruin each other's lives because they yeah. like Daniel Harris wears an insane outfit to school insane at one point outfit. like a yeah. bondage outfit um, I was like where would you get that <laughs> yeah but i really liked the dynamic and i really mm-hmm. like how it's played and yeah there's some like it's a tv movie so there's some like 
you know, dialogue also, issues there. Right. And, I think what's what, how, why this works though is like it feels like these are things that sisters would do to each other, even though some of them are kind of crazy or kind of uh, wild. At the end, you know, they're like, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, I want to win this science fair so badly, please. And they make sacrifices for each other to really, or maybe not sacrifices, but they they actually really do try to help each other out after, yeah. you know, um, they're being like, because I, I think uh, what we haven't talked about um, also with these movies is there's a lot of, you know, the swap happens and it's like, oh, this is great. We love this. <laughs> and, and reaping the benefits and rewards of being in someone's shoes and, and being like, yeah, what the fuck is she complaining about? This is so easy. I love this. Yada, yada, yada. Um, in this movie specifically, you know, there's a big point where the younger sister is has a huge crush on her older sister's a boyfriend. Um, and there is perhaps a rumor that she hooks up with him and the older sister in the younger sister's body is like, what the fuck? I'm a virgin. Like, please, please. What next, Haley? What, are you going to lose my virginity too? You, you're, you're a virgin? Yes, I'm a virgin. I have morals, Haley. You obviously don't know very much about me. Wow, I mean, Kayla and I were sure that you and Kyle were... Well, I didn't do anything like that. It... Except kiss. A lot. I like that they're playing off these assumptions. And, and as because they're teenagers, um, it, they are already faking who they are. You know, they are projecting a different person already to the world. Um, and so I think the swap really does a really good job for them of, like, deconstructing that projection. And they're able to just be more of their real selves by swapping with their <laughs> sisters, um, which is really cool. And and I think it really works. I, I, I will say that's my favorite scene in this movie, actually the, the virgin talk mm-hmm. and that occurs in the bathroom. I also do want to say, and like, listen, maybe, maybe this is not exactly what happened, but it is a body swap movie between two women yes. and it's both written by a woman and directed by a woman. And yeah. I'm just positing that maybe I don't that's know. the reason that it's like a little more introspective it. yeah 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 um uh was can, I gonna say something else? can i mention another one real quick that, sure. that occurs um in the same year 1996 yes. there's an australian film called dating the enemy mm. um in which uh guy pierce and claudia carvan are an a couple that have since split and they swap bodies and first they start to try and ruin each other's lives and then they realize like no they shouldn't do that and then they realize that they should maybe be together but uh first of all guy pierce so hot in this movie so very very hot (laughs) even though he's a complete and total asshole and part of me was rooting against them part of me was like girl you can do better but they both end up having sex as each other and it's and it's not like that weird of a like Guy Pierce and her body. He sleeps with his best friend, actually. And like his thought is like soccer is going to be a little weird after this. But also he was kind of like, huh, that's it. Like that. that's that's I'm that's what it's shook. like for a woman. <laughs> I'm fully shook because 
I was like, you know, yeah, it's so annoying that like the trope of like they wake up and they're like, oh my God, tits, oh my God, a penis, whatever, which happens a lot. Um, but I was like, I guess like I dudes like touching their dicks, like, you know, yeah. and, and and so I can imagine if a girl woke up inside of a man's body, she'd be like, I want to touch that dick. And honestly, like I have a very flat chest. I have no pecs at all. I imagine if I had like nice titties, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? Hey. Here? And so, I'm getting but, but, there. But I'm also, I'm also very shook though. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck my best friend. I'm gonna yeah. do that. Well, his best friend sort of seduces him, and he's kind of like, no, 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 at first, and then he's kind of like, I guess I'll just go with it. <laughs> that's that's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was actually, I would rather it sort of happen in one of these movies. And yeah. once, once again, another film directed by a woman. So maybe that's why she was like, okay, like, you know, no, she, let's, no, she's let's, like, no, I want this guy to fuck her best friend. Yeah. And, and to be like, now you get it. Now it's, right. now, you know, it's not so easy for women to have an orgasm <laughs> or to know that it's not so easy to tell a guy. No. Yeah. Um, so that? I do actually really recommend that movie uh, directed by Megan Simpson Huberman. Uh, but yeah, I, I also 99's aforementioned a saintly switch, same deal Sunday night movie. That movie stars David Allen Greer and Vivica A. Fox, and they're the ones that switch bodies. And uh, Vivica A. Fox is very good at doing David Allen Greer, and David Allen Greer, whom I love, is terrible at being <laughs> like Vivica A. Fox's character is written like being a woman is a mental illness, oh, just God. like cr- like crying all of the course. time. I mean, but like, I, yeah, I mean, it's the, I, I imagine it's the classic thing of like, women are just like flailing and everything is so yeah. crazy. Like, And he's a football player. So she's like, oh, why do we have to hit each other? And it's like, okay, guys. Yeah. She, she's, know, she knows what football is. Right. Women know what football is. It's fine. <laughs> Moving ahead. 2000s exchange, this Canadian trash pile. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so, so fucking like bad. But like, I'll be honest. Never dull. Never dull. All I'll say is, you know, for a movie set in the future, it's really funny how many 1996 Ford Explorers there are. (laughs) It's like, you guys could make up the technology to, like, exchange brains with each other, but, like, didn't think to go any further than that. It literally looks like downtown Toronto. I was like, okay. 2002, we get the hot chick, which I think... For me, at least, like, at when we're like, okay, what are some body swap movies you get Freaky Friday? And then, like, Hot Chick stands out um, because we get... So, obviously, Rob Schneider is the main character, but the incredible female cast around him, including Rachel McAdams, Anna Faris. Um, it's just... This movie is not good. But there are parts that I'm like, this shit's funny. I'm sorry, this shit's funny. When he, as Rob Schneider, is having a pillow fight with them and is knocking the shit out of them, that made me LOL out loud. Um, There's funny moments. I'll give it that. There are funny (laughs) moments. Um, I think Rachel McAdams is committed to the bit. I completely agree. And and this was like her first movie or, or around there. And it's really frustrating that you don't get to see her and Warm. I know, like, the joke is that Rob Schneider is the, is her, but her as Rob, doing, like, Rob Schneider is so good and it's so, so good. spot on yeah. that I was just like, why are we not spending more time with her? 
Um, the middle, oh, Matthew Lawrence, I was say the middle Lawrence, he is in this movie. And I remember at the time being like, he is so attractive. Yeah. This was like during his, like, um, maybe he had just finished doing Boy Meets World. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'll... Tia and Tamara Mori are in this for some reason. Like, basic... body swap movies love twins. <laughs> yes, they really do. They really do. Um, yeah, the hot chick. It, it, again, they like have to go to the extremes. Like Rob Schneider's character is like beyond slovenly, um, and Rachel McAdams' character is just like the you know high school bitch essentially. Um, to me, it it it's it's not a real movie. It's and so it's hard. For, like yes, there are a lot of offensive things in this movie. It's like you know they've got fucking the. Ma- they literally get the artifact from a fucking, I don't know, African store at the mall. The movie opens literally with, like, some Egyptian princess who has to swap bodies to, like, save her from, I don't know, a bad guy. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say about this movie. For all the things <laughs> I that don't are, know either. For all the things that it's very bad, I'm like, I'm not mad at it. Like it's, it's Rob Schneider. What do you expect? You know, it's, it's very bad. It's very stupid. And that's that. (laughs) Gavin, I feel like you have a lot of feelings about the hot chick. I I do, but I'm, I'm keeping a lot of them inside for the moment. (laughs) Okay, girly, if you need to let them out, you let them out. People are going to be looking for me. You gotta believe me. I'm warning you. Please, I'm Jessica. Uh, obviously, everybody knows we're getting to it. We've talked about it before. We talked about it in our Jamie Lee Curtis episode, 2003's Freaky Friday, the third remake of Disney's Freaky Friday, or the second remake, third third film in the Freaky right. Friday oeuvre, if yes. you will. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan. L- well, Lindsay Lohan, as Lohan. we just found out recently. <laughs> I guess. I guess. So she says. Does she know? Allegedly. This uh, is a still a movie I don't like. So, <laughs> I think similarly to The Hot Chick, and now I'm realizing that they came out a year apart from each other. That's probably why they're stuck in my head together. Like, it's... This was like a little mini boomlet again of these types of movies in the early aughts. Um, and... You know, I think they're both not good, but I think they're both very indicative of our culture of the time. Yeah. And they're also very indicative of, like, what we were trying to, like, what we were focusing on trying to learn from each other. You know, I don't think it's, like, a very deep learning. I think it's just very much like, oh, yeah, we should cut each other some slack, Um you know, obviously the hot chick is very less interested in learning. It's just like <laughs> fucking, I mean, Rachel McAdams character is the one who learns like, yeah, don't be an asshole to this fat girl in, in class. Like there, there are a lot of really fucking problematic things, but like the movie is essentially like, yes, hot girl, you can be a kind human to everyone and it's fine. And she's like, oh, LOL. In in Freaky Friday, it's, from what I can remember, because I didn't rewatch it for this episode, but from what I can remember, no, it, feels, it feels mostly like Lindsay Lohan's character really giving, cutting some slack to the mom character who is, you know, in this new relationship and trying to, you know, have this 
second half of her life, you know, um, because she's so like disaffected and like, so like kind of a, a, a really awful brat, I, you know, yeah. compared to a uh, Jodie Foster, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like yeah. Lindsay, it, really it, is inter- it is interesting that both Jodie Foster and Gabby Hoffman play their characters slightly more detached. Interestingly enough, both kind of like early alt chicks, but like, mm-hmm. so, yes, m- but more detached. And then Lindsay Lohan, who's like pop punk, like I hate authority and the ultimate authority is mom. Right. But also like it's it's the um Ashley Simpson version of pop punk, yes. you know, like it's it's in reality. I mean, watching this movie, it's like you are so fucking privileged and have everything, you stupid dumb bitch. Um, <laughs> that being said, like the song is iconic. Um, having Jamie Lee Curtis in the gig, like doing this, the number is like fun. I think Jamie Lee Curtis comes out better in this movie than Lindsay. Um, I, I mean, I agree, but I also think her performance is like, that's the, the thing that always gets me the most is. And once again, it comes from the writing, I'm sure. But literally, like Lindsay Lohan's character, once she's in her mom, it's like she's just to 11. It's, yeah, it's insane. She, she snaps like it's yeah. funny. Like I, I prefer Lindsay as Jamie as than like Lindsay as Lindsay. Uh, so, yeah, like the performances are, are what really saved that movie. My hair. It's gone. And wh- what is this? What have you done to my Mom, ear? Mom, it's an earring. Take it out. Take it out right now. No, it looks cool. Oh, don't start with me. And those clothes are going back first thing tomorrow. Why? Everyone likes them. You look great. I look like Stevie Nicks. Who's he? Ugh. Yeah, so 2006, It's a Boy Girl Thing. Awful fucking movie. Worst yeah. derivative garbage of it all. Like every single my booze a dick and uh, and right. i'm a hot girl he's, and i'm a hot guy and... yeah he's a football star she's a mathlete or something um. right but also she's literally played by anna from the oc so she is yes. a very tiny hot girl um it's like rapping is actually poetry and they also like switched in front of like a fucking statue from latin america it's uh, bad 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 um the the one I do want to give a call out to, because I mentioned earlier in the show, Nobuhiku Obayashi got to remake his film, I- I-R-U-U-M-E. Um, in 2007, he renamed it Switching Goodbye Me. And it, for the first hour, basically follows the same pattern as the other movie. But then the twist is you find out the girl is dying. And mm. so then it becomes the tension of like, is this boy going to live out this the shortened bit of this girl's life and she's going to live on in him? And I think it ends up being slightly more interesting, even though I I think the original is a better made movie. This movie, for some reason, everything is a Dutch angle, but it gets really emotional. And literally, I was I was weeping at the it end. It sounds very aggressive and I'm going to have to watch Yes, I, I highly recommend it. It's very good. Um, it's literally all up on YouTube, that movie, Ugh, with perfect. with subtitles. So, As we, like, you know, going into the, the late aughts, the body swap genre kind of peters out. Like, you know, after the mini boom of the early aughts, it feels like it's kind of like a dying breed. Um, the last, like, real, like, big screen release is um, The Change Up in 2011, where Ryan Reynolds is a guy's guy who likes women and I don't know. And uh, Jason Bateman is married with kids and they fucking fall into a mountain or some shit. 
Oh, they, they're peeing in the mountain. They're pee- uh, peeing in a fountain, yeah. And then yeah. they have to <laughs> do it again, and it causes a power outage. And right. yeah, this, this one was hard, because this one I was like, <laughs> did we learn anything? Did anyone learn anything? Are we all no. dumber? Yeah. Um, no. Also, first odd thing that like doesn't really have to do with the movie, or um, one of the first movies that I know of that instead of having the women go topless, they like digitally altered the women so they look topless. So, really? so like yeah, so like neither Leslie Mann or Olivia Wilde actually appear nude in the film. It's actually digital breasts. That's fucking nuts. And my god, 2011, get it together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there's not really a lot in the culture around body swapping. Um, you know, you you get a lot a lot of in the in America, it ends up back on TV. You get Right. 2000 or 2016's The Swap, which is a Disney original movie, which was kind of fun, not great, but like it had some good stuff in it. I will say, I was a little shocked at had that it had good stuff in it. You get <laughs> the 2018 Freaky Friday, the the third remake. This yep. time, it's a musical. It's so bad and questionably has a song in which the mother in the daughter's body talks sings about. How much she wants to fuck her daughter's crush, Ain't and I was that just the like, truth. I was like, what the fuck? They do switch out the um, the vehicle for swapping to a hourglass. Yes, magic um, hourglass, which is a choice, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so in the original, it's a wish. In the '90s, it's a talisman. In the early 2000s, it's a racist fortune cookie. And then in the late two, in 2018, it's a magical hourglass. Yes, correct. Well, quite a journey. Um, and so this the, the musical movie comes out on Disney Channel, but also it famously was on Broadway and or off Broadway, at least. And yes. It yeah. was a flopperella. Uh, I, I did want to mention uh, um, 2016's Your Name, which uh, is... Yes. A, an animated film from Japan that is um, interesting because it adds an extra layer of the fact it's like body swap meets the lake house where it's body swap sci-fi. Yes. Where they're, they're moving through time and they don't yeah. realize it. And um, it, it, it's fucking cool. Like, yeah, it looks gorgeous. And this was the first movie I saw where they were like, we text each other and said, Hey, don't do this with my body, please. And like, so yeah. there is like le- le- levels of like, these are normal human beings. And, and y- you know, they're like, Oh, Hey, like I told this girl, I'm going to do this. Like, you know, they're leaving each other notes to know, cause they can't control when they swap. They basically go to bed and randomly wake up as each other, like at different times. It's very, they swing for the fences and the moon and the stars. Um, I don't know if it sticks to landing, but it's like just impressive to watch. 2019, there's a South Korean film that comes out called The Dude in Me, which is not the first time I've watched a movie called The Dude in Me, but it was not this. LOL. <laughs> and um, <Disgusting>. that is staying. <laughs> you've seen it too. <laughs> um, that stars a, a pop star, a, like a like a South Korean K-pop star. Incredible. Um, he switches like he's like an awkward heavy set kid and he switches places with a gangster and the gangster like turns his life around like makes him lose all this weight like becomes really like menacing in a way like becomes super popular but also like 
kind of a like menacing force. And most of the movie, the the kid spends in a coma in the adult body, but then when he wakes up, all hell sort of breaks loose because he's in this very like tough mobster's body, and all he wants to do is like cry and freak out because he's not in his own body. <laughs> Which I thought this was the first time I was like, this makes sense to me. If you're a sensitive young man and you're yes. suddenly in an adult's body and nobody recognizes you. Yeah, I might I might do the same thing. Um but I I I thought this movie was actually pretty good and it's all up I think it's up on Tubi. So you should I I would recommend watching it. It's very good. Um the not latest but I would say the the, the latest uh, uh mainstream movie to be in, it, or in the genre is uh, 2020's Freaky um which is the body swap genre mashed up with a horror maybe not horror but like what what a thriller slasher slasher there it is uh and a young woman swaps with a killer and yeah a, a jason voorhees-esque yes killer yes um and it basically does the thing of like oh there's a killer on the loose but also ancient artifact the knife that he stabs her with is this artifact they saw bodies it's like an aztec artifact right and now he as this young girl is going around killing people just because he's a killer um and and we get a very funny um vince vaughn playing a young girl yeah Um, i hate vince vaughn and i thought (laughs) he was good in this so i know i know it's very frustrating get out of here body back come and get it i i like freaky a lot actually i i'm not i'm not i'm not a slasher person at all but i i like that this movie said you know what we're not going to kill the black girl and we're not going to kill the gay kid and i said yeah thank you so much for that <laughs> um, um i i like it a lot too i'll be honest and i would willingly watch a sequel to this though i know a sequel to this would only get dumber, I think. Yeah. But, but and like, listen, the end gets violent because it is a slasher movie. But like, I don't know. I had a good time for the most right. part. The people, the people that die, they deserve it. They were bad people. <laughs> like and, casting and, judgment, casting judgment. I mean, the movie's also very funny. It's very funny, and I think uh, it's full of I like. I do young... think some of the dialogue is very like kids say this right. But it is. It is. I mean, millennials <laughs> wrote this movie. Like, yeah, um, it's it's very fun. Um, and the stakes. I mean, it, my God, they're like, if you don't go back by the fucking moon or some shit, you'll be stuck as an old man forever. And <laughs> which is exactly an old man that everybody knows is now a killer. Right. It's like you it's there's a lot here about like the mom and, and the daughter, a lot about just like a lot of this female empowerment like they 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 gave us two endings where the women get to kill him yes um, so uh yeah that is our quick little uh, rewind through body swap movies um anything else to say gavin before we get into our picks no i think i think we sort of spelled everything out so why don't we move into our one star reviews to get the bad out of the way before swapping into the five star reviews LOL, not a swapping. <laughs> there are a lot of bad movies in this genre. Let us be very... There are so many bad movies in this genre. Let us be clear about that. Um, but for me, the worst is 1989's Dream a Little Dream. 
Um, and I think it is the worst because it, mm-hmm. it just completely misses the assignment. Like, they're... In trying to complicate the swap four ways through all these people, they don't swap at all. Like, there is no change. There is, like, Corey Feldman is doing nothing. Uh, he is just Corey Feldmaning about. Um, I feel like this movie probably had 10 billion writers or, or probably started off as a movie about, you know, love and, you know, spending eternity with someone and like the fragility of time and it got fucking washed through 1989's cocaine fueled fever dream yeah um or they were like you know the studio was like we got Corey feldman let's spice it up um and it's just such a fucking bonkers nothing burger of a movie like this movie thinks by having like Corey Feldman in 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 this dreamland is telling the old man like you gotta do something to get the girl or you're gonna lose yeah. her forever, and this movie thinks the way to do that is by having a music number where Corey Feldman like is doing this kind of sexy Michael Jackson remix of Dream a Little Dream, <laughs> Dream a Little Dream, and the girl's like oh my god what. <laughs> And, but and, but the thing is, how would this old man know how to do this? You know, right. or or the the behavior of this old man literally is, I'm Zen, I'm free, I'm thinking of like it's very philosophical. There is nothing about <laughs> Corey Feldman's performance, his speech pattern, his behavior that is like this old man. And so, if this is a movie that is telling us there's a body swap happening, but it's not showing us. Um, which kind of was like sucks all the fun out of it, you know, like for all the bad movies that I watched, at least they fucking did the body swap at the yeah. very least. And, you know, if I can move past, you know, all the fucking shitty, you know, gender things and, and the racist shit, like at least they're doing the assignment. <laughs> um, and this movie just doesn't, it's, it's all, it's all flash and no substance, yeah. um, which is just very upsetting because, there are movies in this time period where I think work. You uh, wouldn't by any chance know how to switch us back. Absolutely. 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 As a matter of fact, it just so happens to be one of the very first things that I learned about. Well, then let's do it now. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. What do you mean, uh-uh? Well, which word don't you understand? Uh-uh. 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 The whole idea. You see, I like it here. It's... Well, it's dreamy. If you catch my drift. <laughs> That's a very good one, Star Review. I It was very much in contention for me. I have to say, I'm going to get it out of the way because I I did kind of hint about it at top. This was, this was not my favorite of any subject we've covered. I just kept feeling bad. I just kept watching these movies and feeling bad. And I did find movies I like. Listen, those Japanese films, uh, mm, chef's kiss. That South Korean film, fun. Had a lot of fun. Uh, but Dream a Little Dream, such trash. I, I The hot chick is such trash. And you're right. There are things that make me laugh in it. I won't lie. There are things that absolutely make me laugh in that movie. But 
it is so unbearably racist when it doesn't have to be. I mean, the the character of Ling Ling and yep. the whole idea that like she's pretending to be black, but she's Asian, and then you have this very stereotypical Asian mom, and then and then and then the ending of the movie, which yeah. is Rob Schneider, his punishment is that he's going to go get gay raped. Yeah, like that's that's the punishment for his character at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I almost so, like so. I almost saw it come. Like you see it coming. You're like, yeah. this character for sure is being set up as like a punchline later. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the worst thing, and shockingly enough, it's one of the movies that's closer to now. Is 2011's The Change Up? Wow, The Change Up is unrepentantly bad. It's you know a gross out comedy whatever i don't you know gross out stuff doesn't affect me but at the same time i'm like am i supposed to laugh when a baby shits right. in a character's mouth like it but on top of that ryan reynolds character is so unforgivably racist in this movie that no matter how much he learns while he's switched with jason bateman he will still a truly truly despicable human being he has a meeting with a group of japanese people and sorry pardon me but i'm just quoting the movie he calls them japs there's a scene in which jason he sees jason bateman and he literally goes hey faggot what are you doing here and it's like you always say dave's a little bit of a pussy i always say that yeah I always, I always say that because it's true. You know, Dave is uh, a bit of pussy. A bit of pussy. Oh, oh, holy fuck, Knuckles! I've got freckles on my taint. How awesome is that? Hey, fag, what are you doing here? Yeah. Why? This was 2011. Why was any of this acceptable? It's horrific. What's wild is that in Dream a Little Dream, which was... Back in 1988, there's literally a moment when one of the Corys says to the other Corey, like, are you fagging out on me, man? When he's yeah. telling him that. And so the connection and the, deep. the homophobia really just unrepentant. And, and that's why I was surprised with something like Dating the Enemy, where you would think that, like, a man in a woman's body would then not. And then he has sex with a man and is kind of like, OK, well, I guess that happened. That's an experience. Yeah. So... <laughs> Like, it doesn't have to be if you think about it hard enough, but you're not. And I think that's the problem with the change up is it, it's going for such easy laughs and such oh, yeah. such predictable, stereotypical ideas that it didn't bring anything new to the table. Also, once again, the fun of these movies is watching these characters play each other. Ryan Reynolds can't do Jason Bateman. So right. he's just doing the Ryan Reynolds thing that Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds, play Ryan Reynolds That's it. Yeah. Jason Bateman's trying to do Ryan Reynolds, but also he has a very particular acting style, but I think he achieves slightly more than Ryan Reynolds ever does in that movie. I don't know. I hated every second of it. I, I hope Alan Arkin got paid a lot for the small amount of the movie that he's in. Yeah. I mean, I think there's moments of it. I, I fully blocked out because I feel like there's things I don't even remember, but by the end of it, I was just like, I hope they don't switch back. I just hope they all die. I've seen this movie for sure. I must have seen it just by myself, I guess. Um, 
I did not watch it again for this episode, but I remember, I mean, like this movie was coming off the heels of the hangover, wedding crashes of it all. Like that was the culture of like dudes being bad and like how crazy. I mean, this was, I mean, there's like like a joke in it that Ryan Reynolds has been fucking a pregnant woman because he picked her up from a like Lamaze class and Jason Bateman is so disgusted by the idea of fucking a pregnant woman that he like vomits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this is, I'm not excusing this at all, but like, it's just kind of wild when it, when I think of 2005, I think of like the beginning of Lady Gaga and Kesha, but like for straight people, um, it was, you know, or for like a lot of people, you know, the, we were in the recession and like, all we wanted to do was, poop jokes and fart jokes and vomit and lots of fucking drinking and like crazy antics that were this very toxic masculinity nonsense um so very good pick gavin um my god i guess we could talk forever about the things we didn't like yes i mean uh, once again the hot chick was not my cup of tea outside of rachel mcadams and anna Ferris. Um, exchange was very close to being my one-star review. Uh, I I have such a soft spot for like bad eighties direct-to-video sci-fi, but you're right. Bad, <laughs> you're not wrong. Bad, 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 bad. And and and, and sadly, the first girl in the canon, 1940s Turnabout. Because oh, Turnabout was so hard to to even get through. You know, they tried to remake it in the seventies as a like TV show. And mm-hmm. it flopped so hard that they ended up like re-editing the episodes into like a TV movie just to to get rid of it. Um, a movie we did not even bring up, and I just wanted to like point out. I watched a movie called A Christmas Switch um, mm. from 2018, and it was faith-based nonsense. Oh, and so like, don't watch that. It's like don't talk about also, the Bible that way. It's a fucking weird thing. Both of the leads, both women that switch, looked exactly like each other. So it was also very hard to tell. <laughs> I was mm. like, I was like, would their lives be that different? Right. Um, and the last thing I'll mention is this: it's a boy girl thing. It's just what old people thought two thousand six was like. It's bad, <laughs> hor- horrifying. I don't know how how this movie was born, but here she is. It is a disaster. Anyway, Gavin. Yeah, let's let's get out of this movie. Let's wish upon a star and move into our five star reviews. I see what you did there. My five star review. I was I had a couple that I was going back and forth with, but through our conversation and talking, I I think my five star review is 1988's Vice Versa. Um. It truly is just, it's all the cliches, but it's, it makes them work. It, it really understands like what the benefit of body swap movies are supposed to be doing. You know, it's not to show how different we are and how, you know, crazy it is. It's to show how different we are and how it doesn't matter, you know, and, and, I think the central relationship between uh, the son and the dad is just so it's very easy. Like most, a, a lot of, I think people have this relationship where dad wants son to be a certain way, do a certain thing. And son is like, 
I, I'm, I'm a kid. Can I be a kid? Can I, can I have fun? Um, and it's, and, it, and, and it's literally nothing more than that. And, you know, and like those stakes might not be super high, but like for an 11 year old, like it's a lot, it's everything. It's a lot. You know? Yeah. Um, and it felt like even though this movie does have a lot of the like radical 80s vibe to it, nothing feels like so fucking bonkers and like out of the realm of possibility, you know, like there is kind of like the fun side B plot of like uh, Susie Kurtz and like the the jar that like fucking makes the switch happen. But it's just for me, it was just mostly it's a 90 minute movie. It's for me like this a lot of fun. I love the idea that um, the focus here is on the dad who has to really loosen up. I think most of the times these movies want us just to be like, oh yeah, see parents don't understand how hard it is in school and how fucking crazy it is with bullies and shit. It's like they give the kids some credit and it's like that's not his story here. It's really just how his dad doesn't listen to him and you know how he has actual wants it was this don't you remember you were holding it and you said i know what i said i said i wish we could change places well somebody must have thought it was a pretty good idea because we have so you better get dressed because you're going to school in 20 minutes don't be crazy i can't go to school look pretty weird if i go to school I must weigh 200 pounds. 176. Being able to reveal a lot about the dad that is actually this, because he is his, um, he is his father's son, you know, like there, he is already within him. And that's also the thing I liked about this. Like, you know, we're, for this relationship, they are already a part of each other, you know? And so to be able to remind them of that, like, you know, yeah, there is this fun side of you, dad. And, um, it was just very sweet, but also very fun. Uh, so yeah, I give it to 1988's Vice Versa. I'm going to cheat a little. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to pick a movie we didn't even talk about. Don Cheadle? I'm going to Don Cheadle. <laughs> and I think the, the best body swap movie are maybe the ones that are a little more esoteric. And I'm talking about the ones that, like, they fall under our definition but they are a little more ambiguous about what they're what's going on, you know. And that, for for that, I'm talking about you know the the Ingmar Bergman's persona or the David Lynch Mulholland Drive. But I think the real piece de resistance of these is 1977's Three Women, which is a film directed by Robert Altman, one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, this is a film about three women, uh, mostly about two women, but there is a third woman. Um, Mildred Millie Lamoureux, played by Shelley Duvall, is this gregarious, kind of annoying, outspoken uh, woman. And she starts training this new woman, Mildred Pinky Rose, who she just refers to as Pinky, at her job. And Pinky sort of ingratiates herself into... Millie's life. Eventually, Millie ends up yelling at her. You know, she's this soft, sweet little girl. She doesn't really have social skills. Millie yells at her, and Pinky tries to kill herself, and she goes into a coma. And while she's in a coma, Millie starts taking on the personality aspects of Pinky. So much so that when Pinky wakes up, when Millie has brought her parents from Texas 
with her, uh, Pinky's like, I don't know those people and stop calling me Pinky. My name is Mildred. And she takes over the Shelley Duvall personality. And there's this weird little back and forth about like, what's going on? Like, who are these people? You find out Pinky has lied on her job description. She somehow gave Millie's social security number on her job application, even though she didn't know her at the time. And through a course of events, their personalities switch. And by the end of the movie, this third woman, Willie Hart, who was this pregnant woman uh, throughout the film who owns her and her husband own the the like apartment complex, which actually looks much more like a hotel uh, that Millie and Pinky live in. By the end of the film, suddenly Shelley Duvall's character, Millie, is now so much more like Willie. And Pinky has reverted back to her previous personality. And so there's like very dreamlike logic moving around. Everybody between these women are sort of swapping personalities. Did you get your social security card? What is this, a third degree? What are you getting at? You gave Miss Benwell my social security number when you filled out your W-4 form. Who says I did? Both Dr. Moss and Miss Benwell. Well, they're both wrong. Why would I do anything like that? I'm just trying to help you, Pinky. Will you stop calling me that? How many times do I have to tell you my name is Mildred? You got it? It's Mildred! Robert Altman said that this idea for this movie came to him in a dream. Uh, his wife was in the hospital and he woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down a bunch of notes. He eventually turned it into a 50-page treatment, which he brought to Fox Studio, which at the time, studio manager Alan Ladd Jr. was a big proponent of Robert Altman because MASH had made them so much money. And he knew that Star Wars was making them so much money that it didn't matter what Robert Altman wanted to make. It'd be okay. So in a 20 minute pitch meeting, Robert Altman pitched him this very dreamlike film about body swapping and identity theft and, and personality switching. And Alan Ladd Jr. gave him the money to go make it. And so, yeah, he did. He didn't even tell Alan Ladd Jr. until the premiere of the film that it was based on a dream. (laughs) And, Yeah, it's just a very beautiful, beautiful movie. There's a lot of doubling in the film. There's all these paintings of monsters throughout the film. It's it's wonderful and glorious. And honestly, Shelley Duvall, who came up with most of her dialogue in the movie, had to improvise most of her dialogue, wrote a lot of it down in diaries. And Sissy Spacek just are both powerhouses in this film. And it's great to see them act against each other. Uh, highly recommend this movie. Uh, very serious subjects, though. There's there's sexual situations. There's death. It's but very much worth your time. Okay, but Gavin, do they body swap? Yes. You said that their personalities switch, girlie. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's very clear that Pinky does become Millie, at least. Okay. It's very dreamy. It's okay. <laughs> Gavin, you I said are... I said esoteric. <laughs> you are on thin ice, hun. Listen, I didn't like these movies. <laughs> I had to come up with something. Um, I am glad that you brought up Mulholland Drive, though, because I did watch that. And I'm so sorry, but I have no fucking clue what that movie's about. Like, I'm so... <laughs> I am but a dumb, dumb little boy. I was like... 
I don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> film nerds of America. I don't get it. Like, not for me. I'm happy for you. Love that. I'll thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but it. Uh, I just want everybody to know Mulholland Drive is brilliant. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Yes, we love film, cinema, love um, that. I mean, high art. But but those, I mean, I, I do feel like those three movies, Persona, Three Women, Mohan Drive, are all in conversation with each other, and it's all a, a little more heady, perhaps, than just like wishing on a statue and switching. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, like it's 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 exclusively heady. Like I would yeah. I would argue, and like. This is I haven't seen Three Women and I haven't seen Persona. I did see Mulholland Drive. Um, I would argue, and this is not me like sliding the movie, but like it is just headiness. It is just a mindfuck. And this is a mixed review at the expense of entertainment, I would say. Like it is not like a good time gal in any sense of the word. Like it's just like it's one of those movies that's meant to be like, oh, fuck. Like <laughs> it was this shit, um, which some people like. Some people do not. That movie is not holding your hand, is what I'll say. That movie is fucking pushing you down a flight of stairs. And maybe or maybe you not, you switch bodies with someone else. But who can ever be sure? <laughs> I think Mahan Drive is very entertaining. But I, I get it. I get what you're saying. And I do still really recommend you watching Three Women. I think you would get a lot out of it. I think it's a lot less that sort I of... Will say, yeah. I will say those actresses you mentioned... Yes, yeah. God, yes, Queen. Uh, so yeah, what what are there anything else we want to mention that um we really liked? I think I think, you know, Freaky is a yeah. very good um restart, reset for the genre. Um I have to say I was really surprised. I think Wish Upon a Star is underrated <laughs> classic. Wish Upon a Star is so much fun, and even though once again TV movie I would highly recommend watching it. And it's I think, on YouTube I, for free. Yeah. And like, say what you will about Katherine Heigl. Cause I don't really think she's that much. I think she's great in it. You know, I, I, you say what you want about Katherine Heigl. And I will say that I like her a lot. And that is that <laughs> on that. Um, yeah. Um, also your name, like yeah. these just very weird entries into the genre. Like just very good. Um, I will, and I will also once again reiterate 2007's Switching Goodbye Me. If you yes. are not emotional by the end of that movie, you are dead inside. <laughs> and that's that on that. Exactly. Uh, all right. Excellent. Let's do our mixed reviews review. My one star review is 1989's Dream a Little Dream. And my one star review is 2011's The Change Up. My five-star review is 1988's Vice Versa. And my five-star review is 1977's Three Women. Because Gavin is a liar who doesn't like fun. Also true. <laughs> um, okay, Gavin, let's get into our fast forward. What do you want out of the Body Swap movie? Because I can tell you what I want. I think Body Swap movies... It can deliver on two different fronts. The classic front is antics, antics, antics. <laughs> um, and, but I want like, you know, like I think Wish Upon a Star is a really good example, like of antics that make sense. Like, what would you really do if you suddenly were the popular girl in school? 
you know, you would date the hot guy, you would wear the fun clothes, you would get away with like, not murder, but like, lol, murder. Um, <laughs> and But then the, the quick reversal of like, oh, the expectation, I, I'm not supposed to be smart, people don't, you know, I think th- that's the, the first track. The second track is like, fully fucking sci-fi insanity of like something like your name where it's like you what a release from your everyday life you know like i think we can all relate to this idea of like what could what could i do if i wasn't me for a day you know with no consequences and i can just be free you know live someone else's life in i mean in your name we didn't mention it but it's literally this girl from a rural town in Japan and she's wakes up in the big city. And how exciting is that? She's just so excited to go to a, a cafe, literally a cafe. And there's puppies there and there's amazing food. Oh my food. God. I love that it's, scene. I know. It's so good. And, and, and she's just so excited to, to be out of her own skin and into this life of privilege. But there's like this crazy sci-fi element of like, we're all entangled together. Um, so those are like the two things I really like, and but the the I guess the core of it is like the connection between the people just has to be really fucking good. Like yeah. it, that's what it, that, that's what it comes down to. If you, when you look at Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan and Jimmy Lee Curtis, like that movie sucks, but like because those two people are very good, like that it doesn't matter. Yeah, the um, elevation is there because of them. Yeah, right. And and even like in Freaky the relationships between the, the the girl and her mom and her um, sister and her friends are so strong, you know, she's not learning anything from a murderer. What she's learning is how to stand up for herself. To learn how to stand up to your, for yourself from literally a guy who murders, like, it's fucking hilarious. Like, it's, it, it's literally this man is... <laughs> he gives no fucks and is going to do anything he wants. There's no shame at all in his life, you know, and for her to learn to like put herself first. And also this movie doesn't sexualize her when she's doing her like hot girl walk. The camera doesn't linger on her ass. She's no, literally yeah. wearing jeans and a leather jacket. She looks fucking cool. I think the the main thing is, you know, what is the flaw with the person and what are they trying to learn? How are we trying to get there? And that's like the core. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I don't think I could say it better myself because <laughs> I I don't want anything from these <laughs> until ah! until the, you know, the problems, the, the sexism, the rampant sexism, the racism, like until that stuff is solved, a lot of these movies don't do enough or do the right stuff or like, and so they're just frustrating to watch because I'm just like, I can live without this nonsense, you know? Well, I think, you know, there are movies that have figured it out. I think the problem is Hollywood wants easier answers. And like I said, is not making room for nuance. Is not making, like, in Wish Upon a Star, these girls have layers. The the, The extremeness of, like, this popular girl and putting on her front of, like, being hot and, like, slutty, it is a front. And we're, and we get to reveal those layers through the body swap. Um, and so there is nuance there and it's like, oh, that's relatable. Um, it's not relatable to see Corey Haim as an alleged old man doing a fucking Michael Jackson number. Like that's not reality. That's not showing us who 
Corey Feldman's character is. That's not showing us who this old man's character is. It, 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 you don't see that. Um, in Freaky, we get to know this girl. You know, she obviously is a pretty girl, but she has... She, she doesn't want to go away um, for school because she's worried her mom is going to, like, fucking kill herself, you know? She's still hung up on her dad who passed away, um, you know? And we are learning about this girl who, yeah, wants to be popular, wants to get with the guy. Um, I forgot to mention, literally, Vince Vaughn makes out with that teen boy in this movie. Yeah, and that teen boy was into it, too. Like, he she, sure the fuck she, was. she has to be the one to be like, let's... Let's pull yeah. it back for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's not. Um, but you know, there these are there are solutions. Like there are movies that are able to you know do this without like fuck. We don't need an ancient talisman from ancient Aztec Americans or whatever. Like it's kind of what we talk about when we talked about, funnily enough, Miyazaki films. Miyazaki films are like there is no villain. It just is right. And there, there is like the journey is internal that, and that's exciting and dramatic. In a lot of Western and specifically American movies, there needs to be the thing. There needs to be the thing that you need to do in time for the thing. Um, and 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 what's fucking crazy is a lot of these movies specifically tell us there is no thing, even though they've gone all the way to like kiss again or pee on each other again or whatever the fucking thing is. It typically doesn't work. And then they like look at each other and they're like, I only wanted to do it because of the thing. And then like, oh, it's actually being emotional and crying to each other and like being vulnerable is what gets them back together. I will say, even though some movies have that problem, there is still, I think, a lot of fun in the genre to be had um, and going through the movies um, and finding that fun. I think we didn't talk a lot about 18 again. I think 18 again is really fun because in that movie, there is no racist shit. It's like they're in a car crash. It makes no fucking sense, but like switching bodies doesn't make sense. Right. It's not it, like we don't have to reach, you know, to some fucking obscure culture. It's we're body swapping guys. It's, it's, it's fine. You can just tell us that you wanted it and it happened. That's as plausible as a fucking Ruby that will swatch switch bodies. Right. I feel bad, Gavin. I'm sorry. And also, we've been, we've been like watching movies for this for a long time now. But I think there is, you know, the the core idea of you know, learning from someone by literally being yeah. Them. No, and but, I I do I do think that I mean I think there's merit there. I just think there's vast room for improvement, and maybe maybe yes. that'll come. I think there's vast room for improvement, but there's also vast room for error. Because there are so many pitfalls of like, we need some racist shit. We need easy jokes about like boobs and, you know, like whatever. It's, (laughs) you really don't. You really, really don't. There is enough awkwardness within being someone else um, and enough comedy and humor to be found there that you don't have to rely on, oh, no, I like fucking women i don't want babies like that th- right. th- that's that's an easy elevator pitch which great i guess you know like like <laughs> but I, that's I, the I, problem is a lot of the ideas don't evolve past that and they they, right. they should right and i mean i can i can imagine that that elevator pitch it's like picture this a guy has two kids and instead now he has got two bitches hey that's a movie <laughs> like i don't know why he's jersey but that's what came to me that's who he is that's you know, who he is deep down um, and if you were to body swap with him, you would learn what it truly meant to be Jersey. I, I if only. Oh, 
Um, if you could body swap with anyone, Gavin, who would it be? Oh God, I don't know. If I did, whoever could I then immediately just kill my body <laughs> just to get rid of it? <laughs> You're like, nope, it's over. Bye. Yeah, bye. I'm you I'm... now. Yeah. <laughs> who would you? Who would? I, that's such a that's such a big question. That is a big question. I mean, the, if for the you easy... it'd be Betty Who. Just admit it. No, because now I mean I love Betty Who, but like. I want someone who's like a little bit more popular and famous and has money. Um, I don't want to have to work for it. <laughs> well, I will. I, I will say Betty Who would be fun because, like, especially during Pride season, if if I could swap during Pride season, yeah, I would go with Betty Who because I could just go to all the prides across the country. But you know what? I will. Let's get some like. I want the gay best friend and like the straight girlfriend to do a body swap to be like a full satire of that. Um, I would body swap with honestly, like you're right though. Like a singer would be amazing. Like imagine, yeah. I mean, I, that would be so cool to be like, I'm on tour going around the world. Like that'd be fuck to, to actually be able to sing. I don't know. You know, uh, that was actually part of the plot of the Christmas switch and one of them couldn't uh, sing. So, uh, and see, maybe yeah. I should, that's, that's my story. <laughs> Um, but I, there are a lot of these movies. I really hope you listeners out there will reach out and tell us what your favorite ones are. If you yeah. missed any, um, there are certainly a lot of that. I mean, Gavin, um, dutifully, thankfully touched on some foreign movies. Um, there are plenty more, um, out there from like India and Europe, um, so yeah, we can't get to everything, unfortunately, no. but well, we've given you a primer. So go out, swap some bodies. Yeah, don't be swap racist. Some bodies. Don't be racist when you do it, though. Please don't be yeah. racist. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Absolutely. So that wraps up our body swap episode. But if you want to find us online, you can always contact us on Twitter at, at the mixed reviews. We're also on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. If you want to email us, you can write us at the reviews mixed at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram. At the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to our back catalog of episodes, you can subscribe to our show on a plethora of podcast apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Audible, anywhere that you want to just just type us into Google, you'll find it. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please stop by, leave us a five-star rating, and write a little review. Even if it's just an emoji, it helps us get up in the algorithm. It body swaps us with a more yes. popular podcast. And that's the goal, okay? We're body swapping um, up the charts, hun. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks. I believe we have a little special guest as well. So that's we something to do. look forward to. It might be our very first returning guest. Ooh. I don't know why it's spooky. It's just <laughs> well, return it's from bo- the dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're just going to body swap with them. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to be you for a day. I'd like to climb into the dreams you hide. To know the grown-up and the child inside. Whatever makes you smile.